Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. I feel like a hot topic that I'm hearing a lot about recently is just how powerful we are when it comes to creating the life that we're truly desiring and dreaming of. And that really thrills me because it's something that I feel very passionate about. And I know you do as well, Carrie. And so today we want to share our thoughts on taking responsibility for our reality, our experiences the life that we're currently living and the life that we're desiring to live and create. And I know this can be a tough area to talk about. And I can share as far as why I feel it's difficult, but by no means do I want to pass any form of judgment or blame or shame upon anyone who is listening to this. It is one of those areas that... I feel passionate about because with the awareness, this is where we can then create the change we're desiring. And so when I think about my own experience with how my life has turned out thus far, and even in the past, one thing that I came to realize is that I was living in a state of victimhood that a lot of the times I would use the excuse of, oh, well, I'm like this because this happened to me. Or I can't do this because I am too fearful from this happening to me. And so I was constantly playing these stories in my mind that were holding me back from doing a lot of things with my life that I really was truly desiring, but I viewed myself as a victim. And I'm someone who believes that these stories we tell ourselves the meanings we give to these stories is what creates the life that we are currently living. What are your thoughts on that, Carrie? Yeah, it's a really deep thing to think about because I think a lot of people get caught up in this idea that life just sweeps them along Mm -hmm. and they just get caught in the inertia of life and that they don't have any control or power over their everyday experiences or the seasons of life that they are in. And I certainly felt that way for a long time. It never even occurred to me to take control, but I think I was taking control of my life at a younger age without knowing it. It was definitely an unconscious thing, but I knew there were certain things about life I didn't want to concede to. And I made things happen for myself in order for that vision I had to happen. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I feel fortunate that that is how I sort of early adulthood handled my own life. That's awesome. Yeah, and 
I mean, when you think of it, the life that you're living, that any one of us is living and in right now, is the sum result of any decisions and choices we have made and our responses to and leaps of stimulus. Pain. Yes, exactly. Like that just that blows my mind when I think of it that way is the, the life that I'm currently living. And there's been a lot of shit going on <laughs> recently. And when I think about where I'm at and what added up to it, I'm like, yeah, you know, these are the decisions that I made. And for myself, when I look back and how we love to share that we are guided through a place of fear or love when it comes to making our decisions in life. And most of my life, I lived in a place of fear. And so I had fear-based choices and decisions. Not all were horrible, of course. Like I had some decisions that led to just beautiful moments in my life, but then the realization that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. But I feel like when we first start to look at, okay, wait a minute, this isn't the life I'm wanting. I want to start creating something different. We can sometimes fall into some judgment from our choices in the past too, and kind of blaming ourselves. And that's something that I really had to work through. And I wanted to judge and put blame on other people, but I had to realize like, whoa, wait a minute. No, no, no. I had complete choice in this. And I chose at that time to stay comfortable with familiar areas and they were fear-based, but I feel like so many of us have found our places because of the sense of safety that we have in familiar situations that aren't always good for us, but that's how we learn what we do want. And for me, that was something that I had to really work on to avoid that judgment and shaming and blaming. It's a process of growth and learning. It's not easy, but if you get to that point where you have the awareness of just how much control you have, like that goal right there, at least in my mind and in what I've experienced in my life. Yeah. And I think so many of us give a lot of power to past narratives and the stories of our past. And that because that's how things were, that's how things are always going to be. And once we realize that we only have the present and the past has nothing to do with that, that's when we can take our own power back and start creating the future that we desire. I love that you bring that up because right away, there's a quote that I wrote and I put it in my planner a couple of weeks ago because I love doing little notes to myself, sticky notes and putting it in my planner each week. I forget exactly how it went, but it was something along the lines of when we're seeking certainty, then that comes from us looking in the past because that's the only thing that we know actually took place. But that's what also takes us out of that present moment, which is all we have and where the change is then created. It was just so mind-blowing when I read that quote. I need to pull myself of thinking that what happened in the past is going to happen again if I make that same decision or if it feels familiar. There's no way you can be certain. 
of how something is going to turn out based on past experiences. And that's something where, boy, have I done that a lot where I've told myself, "Mm, no, this probably isn't good because it didn't work out that time. But there's no way of knowing unless you try and also create a different story about it, different meanings as well. Last week, we talked about how there's resources that we are under the impression that it's real and of great importance when they're just kind of made up meanings, money being one of them. And so when you look at how every one of us can view money very differently because we have different meanings for it, that's very much what happens within our lives and the stories and the meanings we create about the things we want to experience. And it can hold us back or it can really move us forward depending on that meaning. Right. And so much of this can be impacted by our own conditioning, which I know we talk about all the time. Mm -hmm. And so many of us outsource our own power and our own reality to other people. We allow partners or parents or children to take over our lives in a way that we're living for other people rather than for our own truth. And living by other people's standards and expectations just ends up causing us to be living outside of our own power. And so you're just handing your own reality to someone else rather than creating that reality that you desire. Yeah, you're handing over your power. And I know a lot of us can view it as like, oh, this is me being selfless. This is me giving to others the way I want to give. But if we are not viewing ourselves as precious and powerful, creative, lovable first, then we won't have anything to give eventually. And that's something that was a big aha moment for myself being a recovering people pleaser, having so much shame and judgment of myself throughout the years and coming to the realization that, you know what, my conditioning and the conditioning that came from unresolved trauma that I experienced, we carry conditioning from imprinting from our caregivers. All of these ways of becoming conditioned created stories that are not true. Every one of us carries stories that are absolutely 100% untrue, but our nervous systems do the best they can to keep us safe. And if you want to say the ego also does whatever it can to keep us safe. So that's going to be these stories that are flat out lies, (laughs) because if we stay where it's familiar, there's no chance of us potentially getting hurt. Even if this familiar situation is not healthy, you falsely believe you can be certain because of that familiarity. But in order to create a different life, we need to change the meanings and the stories that we're carrying. And that, I believe, is one of the first steps besides the awareness of how much power we hold. It's then creating different stories and meanings. I have one of my first memories of creating my own reality and understanding I had power over my life came when I was in high school. My school district was building a second high school 
just as my senior year was starting, it was going to open. And the school district was talking about just assigning all the students to whatever high school they were zoned for. And as a senior, getting split up from over half your friends because you were going to be zoned to different high schools, this felt very devastating, like the worst thing that could happen to a 17-year-old. And so a family member of mine told me I had no power over this situation. I just had to accept it. And that felt so wrong to me. Like, mm -hmm. I just thought there's no way I have no power over this. I knew deep down that I had power, that I could do something. So I wrote a letter to the school board saying all my points about how I didn't think this was right and that seniors should get to choose what high school we wanted to go to. And the president of the school board came to my house. She happened to know our family. I didn't know her well, but she said, when I saw your name, I had to come over and talk to you face to face. And she listened to me and she heard my points and we were able to decide as seniors which high school we went to. I mean, I don't know if that would have happened if I hadn't written that letter or not. I don't know how much power it had. It felt like I had a lot of control over the decision of that. I don't mm -hmm. know for sure if that's true. My mom was like in awe of this. She's like, I can't believe you changed their minds. That's I can't believe awesome. you did it. And I just said, well, there was no other choice for me. I would have been devastated the other way. Of course, now I know I would have been fine yeah. if the decision had gone the other way. But that experience, I didn't know it at the time consciously, but throughout my life, I've held it as evidence that when I make a decision, I can do something. My action might not change the bigger picture, but I can always try. I have that choice. And in the end, it was scary to do this, but I knew I had no other choice but to step into that fear and try. Yeah, and it sounds like that this deeper part of you, if you want to call it your true self, authentic self, that is saying like, hey, no, like I I need to say something because this very much isn't just affecting myself, but others. And I know you have tremendous love and affection for just the good of everyone within a, a tight community, especially it's like you're listening to this deeper part of yourself and allowing it to be seen and heard. And for myself and a lot of my clients, I know a lot of the victim mentality, martyrdom and judgment that we want to pass on others is because of the fear of showing our authentic selves, the fear of standing up for ourselves, speaking our truth. When in reality, that is what we're here to do. We're here to be simply who we were born to be, which is coming from a solid place of love. And through that expression, everything lays out the way it's meant to. And this is when we start to not only fulfill our own lives, but others' lives as well, because we're, of course, allowing ourselves to be fully seen and heard. And when it comes to nervous system, inner child work, a lot of the dysregulation that we see is because of a lack of feeling safe to be authentic, lacking that sense of being able to speak our truth, not being seen, not being heard. 
And then that's where, in turn, the conditioning comes in. The stories start to play. The meanings start to shift into fear to try and keep ourselves safe in some form or some way. So I love that you kind of express this courage that you found to speak your truth in a way that you felt was needed at that time. And yeah, that shows just how powerful we can be in so many different ways, all areas of our lives. I love how you brought up intuition because I had never thought of it from that perspective, my particular story, that it was my sort of authentic self, my intuitive self driving me to do this because it felt like sort of outside of myself or like beyond me that this was taking place. And I was a teenager. And so I think, you know, as teenagers, we don't have all of the, we are being conditioned for sure, but we don't have all of that conditioning that we start living through in adulthood so commonly. And it felt easier to connect with that Mm -hmm. intuitive self than it does as you get older. When I'm speaking for myself, when I'm questioning, is this my intuition or is this my conditioning or is this my ego? Yeah, it's so frustrating. And I think a lot of the world struggles to be able to tap into their intuition. I'll be honest, I did not understand my intuition until maybe three years ago, maybe. (laughs) And I'm still trying to understand it. And that also is part of because we don't all have the same intuitive knowing. There are many different ways. It's not just gut instinct. And in human design, it shows that there's up to seven variations of intuitive knowing and that inner compass that we all have. But it very much is something that we're never really taught. And when it comes to making decisions that are right and aligned for ourselves, It does not come from the mind. It comes from that inner knowing, the heart as well. How does it feel? And how is this going to be impacting not only your life, but the life of others around you with love, not out of fear-based thinking, which is what the brain does. It tries to make sense of things, but the brain is not our decision-making center. That's for inspiration and creativity. So intuition is huge when it comes to really taking control of the life that you're living and creating a life that you're desiring if you're not already there. And I think it's great to also share some tips that we have for our listeners carry on how we can start if you haven't really started yet to examine, all right, I'm not liking the life I'm living right now. So how can I start making these changes? I think sharing some great tips will be helpful. And for myself, I always instruct my clients on the first thing is just gaining greater awareness of what stories have been holding you back. What are the limiting beliefs that you're carrying because of your conditioning or because of your nervous system trying to protect you and keep you safe? For myself, It was that I had to be invisible in order to be safe. So not allowing myself to truly be seen, being quiet, not rocking the boat, people pleasing, that meant I was safe. Also, I had this story in my mind that I just wasn't smart enough to 
go for the career that I was desiring when I was younger or to achieve anything of greatness. And it was with the awareness that these beliefs were holding me back from really stepping into my power. That's when I started to shift into creating a life that I truly wanted. And to layer on to that idea, I always instruct people to really think about, are you living in the past through your stories? Or on the other side of that, are you living a fantasy of what the future could be? And are you living in this way in your mind, always fantasizing about what could be rather than what is? And there's nothing wrong with dreaming and having goals. But when you start living from this place of fantasy and thinking that's so much better or more potent than your reality, that can really start holding you back because we have to really start noticing what do we have now? What do we have now that we can build upon? What are we grateful for now? And that gives us the power to understand that we can control building upon that. So true. And that is something that I was going to throw in there too, is just the appreciation and gratitude for what we already have, because there's always something to be grateful and to appreciate within our lives, no matter what stage we're in and what challenges we're facing. There's always going to be something. And even if it's a small something, having yourself anchor into that place of appreciation and gratitude is one of the most powerful shifts that we could create within our emotional well-being and also within our hearts. Because if we can connect our hearts to a place of appreciation and gratitude, then this is also calibrating what we can attract within our lives. If we look at quantum physics and the quantum fields, we are surrounded, we're swimming in an infinite number of possibilities that we could choose for ourselves. And those are going to be attracted to what we are matching within our own sense of self-love, our sense of compassion, our sense of power that we hold, our connection to spirit or source. So when we can really anchor into this place of gratitude and appreciation, that is calibrating what we are open to attracting within our lives. So as you mentioned, another great practice is simply gratitude. Make a list every morning, every evening, few things, or just sit with something in mind that brings you a tremendous sense of appreciation and sit with it for a couple of minutes. Feel what it's like. I love that. I think advice of gratitude is one of the best practices one can cultivate not even for a sense of wanting change in your life, but just for living each day to its fullest and understanding that each day we have is truly a gift. It is. And it's really, again, anchoring into that place of love in any way we can. And through small practices of, like we mentioned, the awareness and appreciation and gratitude, no matter what challenges we're facing, what fears are coming up for us. We cannot stay in a place of fear when we are focusing on love. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.